Welcome to Celebrating Act Two. Celebrating Act Two is the user manual for the second half of your life. Hey, thanks for joining us again. As uh, you can see by the names under our faces, I'm John Coleman, and this is Art Kirsch. We're the founders of Celebrating Act Two, and this is our Art, is it vlog, vlog, or vlog? Vlog. 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 Vladimir Vlog. You're reminding me of the, what is it, Young Frankenstein with the Maheldam, or the Steve Martin movie, Maheldame. The Steve Martin movie, Man with Two Brains. Yeah. A vlog. Yeah, it's a vlog. Anyway, welcome everybody. Good to see you again. Thank you for joining us. And Art, it's on you, buddy. On me. What's the topic of, of the day? A lot of pressure. What's the topic of the day? Well, um, uh, we're actually taping this on a Monday morning, uh, and I've oh, just come in right. from seeing the news, and uh, Governor Andy. I told you to stop watching the no, news. No, 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 no. This is good news uh, to an extent. Uh, Governor okay. Andy was on, or you know, uh, our calming. Uh, Mayor Fiorello, who used to read the funnies on Sundays. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Governor Andy was talking about New York State beginning to take uh, some baby and some not so baby steps of reopening on Friday. So that's in addition that's to the 47 states that are in some degree of reopening already. And yeah. what occurred to me, 47 now, 47 really? states, and and yeah, now, last time we talked, it was something like 20. Right. We talked about, I, I, my recollection is it was like 20 states were opening up. Now it's 47? Right. That's pretty good. Now, uh, that means just California and uh, what, Massachusetts or something are, are the only ones left not opening up? Well, I'm going to give you a whole week to research that, okay, to find out who, okay. who's doing what to whom. And uh, I don't even, and, but, and we could talk about how many states are going to rescind a lot of that stuff when their uh, infection uh, 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 counts go up. But forgetting about that for a moment, because at some point we are going to basically all be open to some degree on a regular basis. And uh, yes, we can talk yeah. about that. But really what struck me was that um, we're getting into reopening with some uh, new normals. The, word, the phrase new normal is operative of... You know, like uh, theaters, how many people are going to be allowed in that? And can we have sporting events with human beings and all those kind of things? So, but I think that the biggest news that will come out of all this stuff will be what the new normal is going to look like, perhaps until we get a vaccine widely dispersed uh, in the next year, year and a half. So I don't think we're ever going to go back to crowded stadiums in any kind of short term. Oh, I think we will. Okay. I absolutely. So let's discuss that because yeah. so we have some thoughts on that. So, and nope, we'd also no like discussion. to... I'm right. <laughs> I'm right. You're wrong. End of discussion. So, and we'd like to have uh, you and our audience um, uh, tell us what you think the new normals are going to look like. But so anyway, John, uh, since uh, you are abnormally normal, uh, what do you think the new normals are going to be uh, right out the gate? Well, I'm going to argue with your premise that the, the that there is a new normal because no. the new normal is going to change constantly. The more 
the more people get freedom, the more they're going to want more freedom. The more restaurants that open halfway, they're going to want to open up three quarters of the way. Um, the more we open up a stadium halfway, the better chances are we're eventually going to have a stadium filled with people screaming again. Um, it, it makes sense. At this stage, since we still don't know a lot, a lot, a lot about the virus, we, it makes sense to cautiously open up, um, particularly in those states. Uh, you know, I, I could be wrong, but isn't it mostly the northeastern states that were hardest hit? Yeah. And and California, actually, California has been pretty good uh, because they uh, they instituted a um, lockdown early, control, control, a lockdown early, but I. Uh, the most dense states in the in the country. Well, the, I, th I think really, uh, John, uh, before uh, we get to uh, display too much of our expertise, I think the real issue is is that both the East Coast and the West Coast are ports of entry, and uh, California uh, and uh, New York are major ports of entry from either uh, China and the uh, and the Asian area as far as California goes. Yeah. So that that's logical to see where it came from there. But also, New York uh, was having visitors from Italy and Spain and all the other places that had uh, right. probably the worst uh, coronavirus there. So that, that's why I think it's the coast kind of things that uh, and the well, Northeast. That's, that's, yeah. probably, that's probably the main reason. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you said New York. Um, that's probably the hey, main you're reason. Talking, you're talking to me, yeah? You're making fun of me? Yeah. Okay. But, but it spreads. I mean, look, look if if um, if Oshkosh, Wisconsin, were the main port of entry, the spread would have been very, very slow because it's a small town of I don't know. I'm making up a number, fifty thousand. Which is why it's not the port of you entry. You go to New York. <laughs> yeah, you go to New York, New York, or to Boston, and uh, you've got literally millions of people crushed in upon each yeah, other true. in a relatively small area. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's both factors. I agree. You know, maybe we ought to be on the president's press conference. We know so much. This is. Yeah. So, uh, and it... Yes. You know, but uh, even uh, he can't do that anymore because uh, Fauci is uh, self-quarantined with all the other big shots who have been walking around without masks. But we're not so, going to make this political. Let's talk about. So now things are reopening. Now well, things. Now are he says we're not going to make it political. Well, that because, was nice. Uh, Get the shot in. Yeah. Get the shot in, and now it's not political. Right. Okay. So. Well, here's what I wanted to say. I, I wanted to say that um, it's going to take time. It, this is not going to happen overnight. Yeah. I know we're seeing stuff on the news that, because what does the news do? They always take the exceptional thing. The you know it's not dog bites man it's man that bites dog so they're going to find the exceptional or the first of something and they're going to play that up so we're seeing restaurant owners talk about uh taking wearing masks and opening up all right well how many people are going to go to a restaurant that that number is limited i will i, I want to go out but there's a lot of people that just on general principle won't go to a restaurant for quite a while mm -hmm. I heard on the news today that here in the Southern California area, um, Comic-Con has made it official that they are not going to be holding a live event in the convention center in San Diego this year. Which was the which was the Comic-Con of Comic-Cons. That was, that that was, was it. the mother of all mother. Yeah. And so it's going to be a virtual Comic-Con. Now, it'll be interesting to see how they charge money for that and make make it interesting but I, that's another story 
so because we're working so far ahead for big events, you mentioned stadiums filling up. Um, we're they've got to work three months to six months ahead for large events. There, we're not going to see large events change significantly as they open up for quite a while. We're going to see the little stuff change. The grocery stores, the mom and pop restaurants, the cleaners, the dry cleaners, things like that. And quite frankly, I think that's where the pressure will be. I don't think the pressure is to go sit in a stadium with 80,000 people. I think the pressure is to, uh, when when you open up my favorite Italian restaurant around the corner and they were only seating half or less than half of the people they did before, there's gonna be a, a line around the block. Um, and they're either gonna have to continue the takeout, which is not a bad thing, or they're going to be under pressure to seat more people, more people. Well, I, have another well, I think they're going to be under pressure to seat more people because <clears throat> for the restaurants, they have to pay the rent. And unless they can get their rent ameliorated, uh, that's the biggest thing. So some of them are just hanging on by their fingernails doing the takeout. And yep. it's really nice because they can continue to employ the uh, the cooks and, and so on and so forth. But most restaurants that are not designed only for takeout, um, right. Uh, I think we'll fold. Uh, and some of the drive-throughs, uh, like the uh, McDonald's and the Burger Kings and uh, Jack of the Box and whatever else you have regionally around the country uh, that have drive-throughs, will probably survive because while the restaurant was important, um, there. As a matter of fact, I uh, we were driving, dropping some mail at the post office the other day, and we saw that a couple of McDonald's in uh, in our area have actually shut down and using the time to to reconfigure themselves as multiple lane drive-throughs, which was a trend yeah. for them Ren anyway. Renovation, right? Well, think about this too, because you mentioned chain restaurants, franchise restaurants in particular. Um, the friend most. A huge number of franchise restaurants are paying rent to the franchisee. So you own a, a McDonald's, not paying rent to Joe Blow down the street who owns McDonald's, your building. Right. You're paying your rent to McDonald's. They hold your mortgage, if you will. You have to buy all their food. You have to pay a, a fee for using their name. You have to do a whole lot of stuff. But you also pay your rent directly to them. They're the real estate holder. And they have the power to keep their franchisees in business. So hey, long as they can pay their their mortgages, because they didn't buy for cash. In many cases, they're paying. They, no, but they, <clears throat> but they they have they have a greater ability to stay ahead. But but let, you bet. But they, let's they, take the other side. A, the sad anyway, news. Anyway, all I was going to say is they these franchisees have a better chance of staying in business because the franchisor doesn't want to let them go out of business. Well, I will I will tell you that uh, the signs are already there that uh, restaurants that we, that uh, are dependent on having people stay with them. And also in this particular case, I had a buffet soup plantation has now closed every one of their restaurants. Oh, every, sure. Well, all, for good reason. Yeah. So they, ha they have a buffet line, of course, that yeah. we're going to spook people out to not want to show right. up. But... Um, They've closed all. They had eighty-seven restaurants. My my favorite, as you know, and uh, their their history. They just they said that there's no chance that they can reopen, and they were fully dependent upon. Uh, or let's say ninety-eight percent was for uh, uh, people showing up. And I know that I know yeah. that Sizzler is hanging up. We passed the Sizzler. So we'll pass 
way to the right. post office the other day, which is only doing takeout. They're having nobody inside. I don't think the, the I think the new normal is going to be that uh, you're never going to have more than 50% capacity because what's going to happen is if, if unfortunately, if I'm right and they put a full restaurant in there or three quarters full just so they can continue operating is that yeah. the infection rate is going to go up again. It's going to overwhelm and then they're going to have to rein, reinstate some of these draconian measures that we're living in now. Well, here's an, another point um, to argue, if you like. Uh, we started out by managing the whole population and controlling the whole population in order to protect what turns out to be really a, a small few. And that is you, me, and all the people in nursing homes, all those people over 50, all those people over uh, with uh, underlying conditions, uh, health problems. That's really a small percentage of the population. Somebody wiser than you and I pointed out that the paradigm has to shift that part of our quote opening up or changing is is taking a different attitude and instead of managing the the mobility of everybody we need to in trying to protect everybody which was really wasn't the goal the goal was to lower the curve for the hospitals um, we need to change the paradigm to protect those who are most vulnerable so for instance on the news this morning I saw for um, uh, uh, People going by the age old old age home, and they were they put grandma in the window, and so grandma can wave to them That's as well, they she's still stand alive. outside. This, yeah, she's still alive. still alive. Yeah, but but think about this: the the biggest problems, the most um, deaths, the most deaths yeah. have been in nursing homes, old age homes, um, and if if I understand correctly. Uh, one of the mistakes that New York made early on is they issued some order that said nursing homes have to take sick patients. They have to take COVID-19 patients. Why? Because it's a nursing home and that's their job and, and they can take care of them. Well, as it turns out, you bring a, a COVID-19 patient to a nursing home and, you know, now everybody dies. So we know that the the really vulnerable population, we know who they are, and we know that they could be protected differently than trying to manage the whole world instead of shutting everything down, instead of shutting restaurants down, instead of shutting you know uh, malls down. So I think the new normal is going to change significantly once, A, people get their freedom and it starts getting back to normal, and B, we realize that uh, – most of us, not maybe you and me, but most of the world, can get this virus and not only survive it, but some don't even know they had it. Whereas the the vulnerable group will really suffer tremendously and has a good chance of dying from it. So that means so, so that means that like under previous so under your brave new world, John, that means that uh, when your uh, uh, kids and grandkids go out into the brave new world. Uh, and they become, uh, many of them uh, will become carriers and not even know they have it, uh, that the brave new world is going to have to say that you're going to have to have either little to no contact with them at all, because otherwise the likelihood is that we're going to get 
thousands, tens of thousands of more carriers around, uh, around there who are going to inadvertently mix with the more vulnerable, many of whom are older, but there are lots of younger people who are dying and they're finding out now that uh, the, the kids, uh, some kids may have a really terrible reaction to this as well. So what you're doing is you're saying the new normal will be folks like us will probably have to continue to be sequestered, uh, or, except for you because you go out with your mask and you're, you're a tough guy. And you can, you know, when you see that virus, you're, you're right there with the virus. So the, the point is that I, I disagree with you. I understand your point of view. But I think what's going what's gonna, to uh, really tell uh, the tale will be as we go out and do more things, whether it's 50% restaurants, whether it's uh, uh, stadiums uh, with some crowds and so on and so forth, that if the infection rate, rate spikes, which really is one of the things that, that uh, uh, distinguishes the, this particular strain of virus from the flu and pneumonia and lots of other things that people get in general, that this is so, so communicable. Um, uh, just by being around people and a lot of carriers don't even have any symptoms that the new normal is that we're going to constantly be going up and down with people getting infected and carrying and giving it to people and that's just I, the way it is I dude think we will. handle it I, I think I, I think it's inevitable that that would happen forget new normal old normal it, it's inevitable that will happen because I should look down and make uh, sure that we're. Oh yeah, we really are recording this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, then we're going to publish it, but and I, people are going to know. But, but I, okay, that art is really dumb and stupid, or that John is really dumb and stupid, or that we're entertaining. So make up that, your own well, mind. I don't know how entertaining. <laughs> but I, I wanted to point out that my new normal. I just love the way you mm -hmm. love the phrase "new normal." My new normal. Uh, my brave new world is the same as the existing Brave New World, right? Because you and I wouldn't be doing anything different. We'd still be sequestered. And the difference is your kids would not have to be sequestered. Your kids, your family, your grandchildren who, who have to come over and wave to you from the curb would not be sequestered. They'd be allowed to go back to school. They'd be allowed to go to the... And, and will the infection rate spike? It's going. I got news for you. It's going to spike anyway. Well, so I want to do something non-COVID, and I want to pay respect to uh, somebody who was a, a, a one of the many great. Most of my great influences in my my life have been comics: Steve Allen, Johnny Carson, Ernie Kovacs, and the Nairobi Trio, and on and on and on. Yeah. And you can name thousands. But we had a sad non-COVID-related death today with uh, Jerry Stiller. And, oh really? Yeah, Jerry oh. Jerry Stiller uh, died natural causes, uh, so they say. Uh, but I think for those that don't remember uh, Stiller and Mira on the Ed Sullivan Show and yep. great comics uh, of that era that sure. that many of our in our audience uh, remember fondly, is that yeah. uh, he had a resurgence in uh, the the uh, the um, Seinfeld show. He played uh, Costanza's uh, father, right? And uh, right. he's the one who invented Festivus. So <laughs> he, so I raised, I raised so my coffee today cup. Today is Festivus day. Well, every day, every day is here's the Jerry, here's the Jerry Siller. Siller and the and the rest Festivus of us. For the rest of us.
For more on Celebrating Act Two, visit our webpage, follow us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and tell your friends. Celebrating Act Two is the user manual for the second half of your life. Thank you.